us as we worship God in Christ Jesus at Lord of Hosts International Church as Henry Young, the General Overseer of Lord of Hosts International Churches, ministers to you in partnership with the Holy Spirit. Jesus is Lord forever. The fact that part of the keys needed for the revelation and manifestation of the glory of the latter house is work hard work i said clearly without any equivocations if god tells you i am ready to manifest and reveal higher glory in your life then god is automatically saying to you i want you to work harder And we learned that from our foundation scripture of Haggai chapter 2, verse 4. Then the course of that, we began to explain the work. Talked about working for yourself and then working for God or working the works of God. In talking about the works of God or working for God, we said number one work is to believe in your man of God. Number two is helping as many people as you can to stop living in sin and bring them into living in righteousness. Number three is to persuade people to receive the grace of God and not mess it up persuade people not to use the grace of God or receive the grace of God in vain. And number four is to undertake what the scripture described as the labor of love. So we are going on with number five. Number five work of God is soul winning. Everybody says soul winning. Soul winning is another language used to describe soul winning in, in modern times. is evangelism. Not just in modern times, even in the Bible. It's the art of speaking to people about Jesus. Trying to make them see why they need Jesus in their lives. And helping them to come into the faith of Jesus Christ. Which is usually most effective by helping them to come to church to your church and that's one of the reasons it's so difficult to work anything for god if you don't believe in your man of god because if you are in church you don't believe in the man of god you're never going to have the passion to invite anybody you sell what you're passionate about what you're not passionate about you don't sell glory to god glory to god so soul winning is one of the most important works you can do for God. And I realize there are at least two ways to win souls. The direct soul winning and the indirect soul winning. You can do one, you can do both. What is direct soul winning? When you speak to people yourself and get them to come to Jesus. Get them to come into the faith bring them into glory the bible refers to it in one place as bringing many sons into glory because christ in you is the hope of glory 
Any human being that does not have Christ, if he dies, he will perish in eternal condemnation. So Christ is the only hope of glory. So when you bring people into Christ, you're bringing them into glory. Amen. So when you do the evangelism, when you do the speaking and bringing them to church, you're doing direct soul winning. When you fund operations in church that help them to be saved and help them to come to church, you are doing indirect soul winning. Both have the same reward. You can embark on one, you can embark on both. But please hear me. Paying your tithe is not necessarily doing that. I must explain something to you. Somebody go with me to go with me to Malachi. Let's open Malachi chapter 10. You cannot classify paying your tithe as doing that. It could do that. In fact, it does do that in many cases, especially when the church has a pastor that is passionate for the work. But there's something I want to show you. It's not a deliberate soul winning. Because when you pay your tithe, you don't have the right to tell us what to do with it. Are you getting something? It's our discretion to apply it to what and wherever we think is more needful at the moment. Bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse. Everybody read the next phrase with me. That there may be what? That there may be what? That's food. In my house, I'm proved me here with, saith the Lord, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out the blessing that you don't have room enough to receive. What I wanted to show you there is bring ye the tithe, that there may be meat. The essence of God instituting tithes and offerings is to provide food in God's storehouse. And this food, the scripture says, those that minister at the altar are partakers of the altar. So here is what really happens. When you pay your tithe, you are empowering the men and women of God to serve God. You are empowering us to have no reason to be worried about means. Now when we apply that tithe to direct soul winning, that's our own seed to soul winning. You will be blessed for your titan. And God, I believe somehow, God will see it as, yes, you sustain them and they were able to do this for me. So there is a share of reward. But that is not the same thing as directly funding something that can cause souls to be won. That one directly is your own. Did I communicate clearly? Did I communicate clearly? Okay, so let's remove that because that's not where we're going to. Soul winning. And you can do both. You can do both. I know many Christians who do both. They give, they talk. I don't know if you are with me. You can do both. But why I decided to explain this a little bit is I also understand that there are people who have no unction. If you even put them with a soul now, even if they are willing to win a soul. They don't even know what to say. They don't know where to start. They don't know where to end. 
So one of the things such a person can do is so directly into something that wins souls. For example, we have a program where we are reaching out to people. You can so directly into it. We are running television program. You can so directly into it. Those are direct soul winning things. I have been asking God to give me some money so that you know, especially the man that has 500 million. I want to do at least three very big crusades this year. Two in Port Harcourt and one in my, in my hometown. And why I want to do that, I just realized that how close we are to the end of time. This one-on-one -on -one evangelism is not, it's not going to give me the kind of crown I'm looking for in heaven. So I want to do some, some very serious things. When I say very big crusade, I mean very big crusade. Because it's a crusade, alright? So we are trying to make people gather first. I, I have mapped out strategies to apply. There's going to be free medicals. There's going to be free clothing. There's going to be free sharing of raw food. There's going to be free suya. Let them come. And let us share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there will be buses to carry them from wherever they want. So I need plenty of money for that. The budget I made for one crusade is about 29 million. So when God gives you your 500 million, whoever you are, because you're in this service. When God gives you your 500 million, please remember my crusade. <laughs> remember my crusade. It's going to take a lot of publicity. A lot. Amen. So, when you sow directly into such things, then you are doing so winning. Like, you sow directly into convention. When you see when we make altar call, all of those people that come out, you are God sees you as one of the persons that won, won those souls. Praise the living God. Praise the living God. Okay, let's read a few scriptures. I've explained that enough. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. I want to read quite a some portion of scripture. Luke chapter 10 from verse 1. After these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place whither he himself would come. Therefore said he unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. He was calling them to evangelism. Praise the living God. Verse 3. Go, ye, go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. That's why sometimes evangelism is very rough. You see people who will harass you. You see people who will mock you. You see people who will say different kind of things to you. Always tell yourself, it doesn't remove anything from my body. There are some of us, we have harassed some evangelism people before. But now we are doing that evangelism. So when you are on evangelism and somebody is mocking you, harassing you, talking all manner of rubbish, just be looking at him like one day you will be like me. Hallelujah to Jesus. I have once asked a friend who, he was my friend in secondary school when we were in junior secondary. But his father was rich, so his father took him out after our junior secondary school and sent him to a better school. And... We went to even a worse school than that one. 
So he came to my house. He got born again somewhere along the line and he came to preach to me. And he sat down and preached very passionately with all the love in his soul. And I was looking for, you, want, you must remember what you were like when you were an unbeliever. So that when unbelievers react to you when you are in evangelism, you don't get put off or discouraged. All the things he was preaching, I was just thinking, what do I use to scatter it? What do I use to scatter it? So when he finished everything, I just asked him, I said, I have one simple question. If you can answer me, I will get born again. He said, what? I said, who created God? You have told me everything here, how God created this one, and God created that one, and God created that one. Who created God? If you, I, could, I remember the look on his face. He's like, hi, this guy is a devil. <laughs> so he said to me, he said he doesn't know who created God. But the only advice he will give me is I should try and give my life to Christ so that I'll be able to get to heaven. Then when I get to heaven, I can then ask God who created him. That because if I don't get to heaven, I will never have the opportunity to have the answer to that question. And I felt so good as I've defeated him, I've flawed him. He had no answer to my... You know, you know, when you are a fool, you think you, you're wiser than God. <laughs> I didn't know I was a fool. But after I got born again, after a short while after I became a pastor, I was praying one day and the Spirit of God came to me and said, you remember that question you asked Paul Moko? I want to answer you. So I started laughing. I said, Lord, no, I don't need an answer. <laughs> Lord, I don't need an answer. Please forgive me. Now, that's another proof that God does not forget. It's like over 10 years that I asked that question. He said, I've come to answer you. I said, Lord, please, I don't need an answer. I asked it in ignorance. He said, I know, but I came to give you an answer. He said, nobody created me. I am Jehovah, the self-existent one. I made myself. That's why I am God. If any other person had created me, that person should have been God, not me. You see how simple the question is? But see my foolishness, what I was thinking. Hello? So you must have this at the back of your mind so that you don't get discouraged. There are so many of you, you try evangelism, people behave in a way that is not encouraging and you get discouraged and then you pack up no 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 number two thing you must have at the back of your mind is in the ministry of soul winning in the ministry of evangelism the whole world is not going to be saved yes, there in this world we are living in there are those appointed unto salvation there are those that are not appointed unto salvation in the parable of the wheat and the tears jesus said the wheat are the children of the kingdom and the tears are the children of the wicked one in this same world, as we all human beings are moving around, going to work, going to church, there are children of the kingdom and there are children of the wicked one. The gospel will catch the children of the kingdom. It will never catch the children of the wicked one. They will send them the best preacher. Spend the highest amount of money. They will never be saved. Because they are not children of the kingdom. They came into this world by the walking of Satan. Their names were not in the Lamb's book of life from the foundation of the world. But why we speak to everybody is that we do not have a way of knowing who 
So we scatter our seed so that the sons of the kingdom can receive and be saved. And then for the children of the wicked one, we speak to them so that God can have a witness that he warned them. So you must understand, you can never do evangelism and fail. You always succeed. Whether that soul was one or not. If the soul was one, there is, you have gathered fruit unto eternal life. If the soul was not one, you have cleared yourself from the person's blood. So do it with joy. Don't worry about the result. Try your best to get a good result. That's why Jesus said, I send you forth as a lamb among wolves. One thing you must know about a Christian. A Christian is an outward lamb and an inward lion. When you are dealing with people in evangelism field, he wants the lamb-like nature to show. Is when you push us into kingdom battle that the lion-like person will now show. That's why when people are doing meetings, I always use this language, don't push me. Don't push me. Don't push me. I always tell people, please don't push me. You are pushing me. Don't push. Because if I'm pushed to the wall, the lion will come out. And when the lion come out, oh no. Anything less than God cannot stand that. Anything less than God cannot stand that. Hello? So you must understand you are both a lamb and a lion. But he said when you are on a mission to win souls, I want you to go as a lamb. And there are wolves. But before this great king can send a lamb among wolves, he knows there is something about that lamb that these wolves cannot eat. <laughs> There's something about this particular lamb that these wolves cannot eat. Amen. So have those understanding and it will help you in the mission field. Amen to Jesus. John chapter 4. John chapter 4 and verse 10. John chapter 4 verse 10. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that said unto thee, Give me to drink, thou would have asked of him, and he would have given thee living waters. Amen. Let me jump to verse 34. I think a combination of those scriptures. Thirty-four. All right. Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. What was he doing that he called the work of God here? Evangelism. He was sitting down by the well of Samaria and trying to convert the woman at the well to Christ. Christ was sitting down on the well 
One, one man of God puts it this way. He said, the real well was sitting down on a fake well. Waiting for the people who drink from the fake well to give them the real water from the real well. And that which he was doing, when he was doing that, and the disciples came and met him, and asked him to arise and eat because he sent them to buy food. You know, Jesus does everything for a purpose. There are some times you need what I call concentrated witnessing. Concentrated witnessing. You need to speak to some people and you don't need anybody around. So that they can listen. So he sent his disciples, go and buy food. Because if they were there, they would have read for him how many laws that say the Jews and the Samaritans should not do anything. So before they came, he has gone far. <laughs> what a wise God. So when they came now, they say, Master, rise and eat. He said, I have something to eat. I have another type of food you don't know about. They began to look at one and they said, did anybody bring him food while we were away? He said, let me tell you, my food is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. You know what Jesus was underlining there? There is nothing that satisfies like winning a soul. If you have ever won a soul, you know what I'm talking about. If you have ever sat down and spoken with an unbeliever and after you, you finish speaking, the unbeliever decides, oh yeah, lead me to Christ. In genuineness. There is, no, there is no joy, there's no satisfaction that can be compared with that. I'm telling you the truth. Glory to God. My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Verse 35. Say not yet there are yet four months and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields for they, for they are white already to harvest what is jesus saying when it comes to the matter of soul winning no procrastination don't say tomorrow don't say i will do it next week don't say i will do it next day i remember those days i used to i used to i, I didn't have a car i used to go in bus and i like evangelizing in buses one of the greatest traps the devil used to set for me when fear coming i would say when i reach the next bus stop how many of you have been there? Then when you reach that bus stop, the fear will come. It's okay, the next bus stop. When you are approaching that next bus stop, it's okay. When they finish dropping these people, the moment they move, before you know it, you have reached where you're going. All the people you want to talk to have disembarked. <laughs> I was a victim of that thing many times. No procrastination. You never know who you're seeing that that's the last time you will see the person. We all pray for long life. But the truth about life is that death does not warn anybody before it comes. Death doesn't write anybody later. I'm coming next three years. So prepare and wait for me. <laughs> Verse 36. And he that repaired receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. Never forget this. For every soul you win, there is a pay from Jesus. Amen. 
that reapeth receiveth wages. But like I told you the other day, Jesus' pay is the best pay. Jesus' pay is the biggest pay. But Jesus does not always pay in the coins of men. Jesus may choose to pay you for a certain soul with money, financial breakthrough. Jesus may choose to pay you for another soul with long life. Jesus may choose to pay you for another soul with a good child. Jesus may choose to pay you with another soul by bringing a glorious destiny on one of your children. Jesus may choose to pay you for another soul. He will keep the pay. The day sickness strikes, the pay for that day will be the healing you will get. When the doctor says all over, there's nothing they can do, Jesus will say, remember what you did for me. Get up. Are you with me? He can choose to pay you with one act of protection. A day robbers or assassins are coming to kill people. You are not there. Jesus will set up something to make you travel. There's so many ways he pays. Are you with me? There's so many ways he pays. But one thing is sure. He that repeat receiveth wages. Not only he receiveth wages, he, he, he gathereth fruit into life eternal. Now, have this at the back of your mind. Every time you are supposed to win a soul, every time you're supposed to speak to an unbeliever, every time you have the urge to speak to an unbeliever and you fail to speak, you just lost a wage. Mommies only God know how many wages we have lost. You just lost a wage. So God forbid, so one day you go for a certain business negotiation and it fails and you don't know why. Probably that was the wage for that harvest. But you didn't perform the harvest so the favor to make it come through did not come. Hmm. <laughs> Every time we announce evangelism and you are like, I don't have time. You are just losing wages. You're forfeiting wages. God does not kid with words. God means everything he says. Jesus said not a jot or a tittle in this world will fail. Heaven and earth will pass away but this world, not a, not a jot God is so committed to his word that where they wrote I in capital letter, God wants to fulfill it in capital letter. Amen. Where they wrote I in small letter, that dot on top of the I, God wants to make sure that I is fulfilled in small letter. That's why Jesus said not a dot. Where there is comma, God wants to fulfill that word to make sure comma appears there. He that repeteth receiveth wages. Every time you have somebody, there's an urge to invite this person to church. Or you just know by this person's life, if I take him to church, his life could be better. You just, you just by commitment, you're supposed to invite this person to church. And you are avoiding it and you are excusing it. You are forfeiting some wages. Can I pray for you? That every wage you have forfeited in the years past... By failing to evangelize. Failing to reap souls for the master. This year, may he give you strength. 
may he give you grace may he give you wisdom may he give you unction may he give you utterance may he give you power to labor to recover as much souls that will facilitate your recovering all the wages you have lost in the mighty name of jesus i want to get a louder amen, amen. pastor henry how will that be i don't know but i have a faith in god that does not seem possibility this was the consciousness i came to that made me began to desire the crusade i just woke up after meditating upon this scripture one day i told mommy i said crusade they hungry me and i want god to build me to that point where it's not just that crusade they hungry me where i want to become a gluten for crusades all i need is just some money all i need is just some money that's why i know you're gonna make anybody that loves me and want to support me you're making mega bucks this year i have thoughts praise god verse 37 let's finish okay let's do 37 and 38 and stop there and here is that saying true one sow it and another reap it i will explain it let's read 38 first i sent you to reap that whereon ye bestowed no labor other men labored and ye are entered into their labors what is jesus saying you are in a generation where some people have done some things to make it easy for you to win souls and no generation described is hearing described more than this generation almost everybody you meet at least in port harcourt in nigeria has heard about jesus what they just need is for you to tell them why they should come to church with you it's not as difficult as when men were staunch idolaters one of the ministers i deal with in sierra Leone, he's been he, he was here last two years reverend moses koroma he was saying something he was telling me something how he was witnessing to a friend who is a muslim they've been friends from primary school they attended the same primary school attended the same secondary school they parted ways in the university but they were living in the same neighborhood and they played together one day just occurred to him that i have not preached to this guy here. so he decided to go and preach to him he said he was just preaching the guy's face just changed and the guy just looked at him and said moses you try this next time, I will kill you. He said, and when you look at his face, you will see the kill really written on his face. So he said, he remembered when Jesus said, any city you enter and they don't receive you, dust off your feet and move out. So he told him, he said, I've told you the truth. If you don't receive Jesus, you're going to die and go to hell. I shake the dust of my feet and I'm gone. But he said, from that time, he realized the blessing and the privilege you have when there's a human being that can sit down and listen to you preach Jesus, whether they are going to receive or not. Because there are some other grounds that are too dangerous. 
Thank God we are not on a dangerous ground. And let's make hay while the sun shines. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. Let's move to another thing. So, soul winning evangelism is a critical aspect of God's work. Amen. Amen. Number six, what I call planting or watering. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 8. I will explain after reading scriptures. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 8. Planting or watering. Now he that planted and he that watereth are one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. This is one thing I love about God. I am never going to receive the reward of your labor because I'm the pastor of the church. I am going to receive the reward of my labor. You are going to receive the reward of your labor. Say amen to that. And God is confused. Sorry, God is not confused like Nigerian government. You can bribe God. You can manipulate God. God has proper records. God knows exactly who did what. Men may recognize you, men may not recognize you, but God knows exactly who did what. God knows exactly why a person is in the church. Why a person was saved. That's why when you work for God, work with love, work with joy, work with a free heart. Work without seeking vain glory. Work without wanting men to recognize you and getting offended when you are not recognized because the owner of the work recognizes exactly who did what are you with me now he that planted and he that watered are one and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor verse 9 for we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. Go ahead. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builded thereon. But let every man take heed how he builded thereon. Verse 11. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid which is what? Jesus Christ. What is Paul saying here about one plant, one water? Paul is saying a simple thing. A simple thing. That some may win the souls and some may nurture watering the souls to stay and to take root and to grow. And he said all of them are labor. Now let's bring it together in John chapter 15 verse 16. You cannot be in church and you are not engaged in any of these two processes. You must be engaged with at least one of these two processes or where you have grace, be engaged in both. Because every man will receive Reward according to his labor, right? So if I am only laboring to plant, I receive reward for planting. 
If I am only laboring to water, I receive reward for watering. If I now choose to labor in planting and watering, I receive reward for planting and watering. But at the least, because the Bible said the weak in faith receive also. One person may not be as strong as another person. But it is not an excuse. But at the least, everyone must be engaged in one of both. John 15, 16. Let's read it together. I want to go. Yeah, I have not chosen me. But I have chosen you. And ordained you. That ye should go. And bring forth fruit. And that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father. He may give it to you. Whatsoever ye shall ask the Father. What is he asking them to do? That you should go and bring forth fruit. Planting. And that your fruit should remain watering. Planting is the process of bringing people to Christ or to church. Watering is the effort to make them stay in church. So the question, what about those who talk them out? Uprooters. Never be deceived. When you uproot people that are planted for Christ, Christ will uproot something in your life. I was talking with some people this morning and I told them, I said, look, I, I have tried to study the house of God and the work of God. If a child of God has a genuine reason to leave a church, I don't think God has problem with that. Except on the ground that God is telling you stay and you now refuse. So it becomes disobedience. Are you getting something? If you have a genuine reason to leave a church, God doesn't have a problem with that. But there are two things critical. Number one, why are you leaving? Number two, how? Some people get themselves into where they become witch witches against Christ. Because, because they want to leave they think that their living cannot be justified until they prove that the church is bad. And so they do everything and say everything to prove that the church is bad. And they, they try to take others along. But it is the most risky venture to embark on. As hungry as a pastor can be for number. One thing I never do is to try to persuade a Christian that belongs to a decent church to leave and join us. I don't do that. Ask my wife, I don't do that. Ask Pastor Boma, ask our people that deal with first timers. That's why you see that when we have convention or we have function, we are not desperate with the people that just came in. Like baby dedications. I know places our people have gone to baby dedication and they will fire them. Text message, follow up, call, come and join us. Come for our Tuesday. Pastor Jones went to one. He said he told the man, but I told you I'm a pastor. And I came to this city to establish us. The man said, no problem, no problem. Just come and join us. Just fellowship with us. I told him, I said, it is desperation to count numbers and claim success. As a man of God, I understand the difference between the 
passion to win souls for Christ and the aggression to be seen as a big minister. I understand the difference between the two. You, if you see our first timers form, there's something. Would you like to join our church? I have never seen that in any first timers form in any church in any way. But why do we do that? Because if you are already planted in a decent church, I don't want to pull you out. I don't want to do that. The, the, we have a brother who was youth president in our in this headquarter church in Port Harcourt and he got a job in Lagos and when he got a job in Lagos we have not started a branch and he joined another church and when we started our branch I expected him to come he didn't come so one of the days we went to Lagos with program and this is the brother every time mommy and I is, are coming into Lagos he sends his driver he details his driver with a car to be on standby for us until we leave his driver is at our beck and call him he can find his way to work in fact there was one we went and his driver traveled to kogi state he had to leave office to come and carry us from the airport by himself i was telling my son kudele you didn't have to do that we can get a taxi he said ah daddy no so one day i sat down with him I said, why have you not come to support the pastor we send here? He said, Daddy, you know when I came here, there was no Lord of hosts. I joined the church. And the church I joined, the pastor trusted me and put many things in my hand. So my challenge, since we came, I know this is my church. But my challenge is that if I leave to join, that church is going to fall. I looked at him and said, stay there. Hello? I said, stay there. Are they preaching sound doctrine? He said, yes, sir. I said, stay there. Once your soul is safe and your heart is there, stay there. Hello? Be careful. There are only two things Christ permits you to do. Plant and water. Don't uproot. Some people don't scatter. Some people are uprooting their lives and scattering their destiny. And they think it's a human being they are attacking. <laughs> Moses said to the children of Israel, Who are we that you are murmuring against us? It's not against us, it's the Lord. You, you see all this fight, it's not against me. Who am I? Who am I? What am I? It's God you're fighting. And the God you fought will fight back. He will remember. So I give an advice to people. In case for any reason, you find a good biblical reason, reasonable reason to live quietly. I have left from some churches in the process of my transition in ministry. Not one of them did I make any trouble. Not one. I live in such a note that I freely relate with the pastors later. Tell your neighbor, plant or water? Or do both? <laughs> Glory to God. Or do both? No, don't uproot, don't scatter. 
Jesus said, he that gathereth not with me scattereth. One of the things Jesus takes very serious and is very passionate about is winning souls for him. The Bible said that is what causes joy in heaven. So imagine if bringing people to Christ causes joy in heaven among the Father and the angels. What does removing people from Christ cause in heaven? Pain in heaven. How does a person give heaven pain and have joy? There was a time I left a senior pastor I was serving under, and the man did everything to destroy me. And people will come to me and say, What happened? I said, I don't know. I said nothing. Nothing. My wife is a witness. Someone will come, What happened? I said, Nothing. I don't know. But why is he saying that? Why is he saying this? I said, Go and meet him and ask him, Am I his mouth? One of that man's members, at, at that time, one of the richest people in his church, and when I mean rich, a rich man, came, flew to Portacot and said, I want to see you. And I said, no problem, sir. We sat down somewhere, and he was pushing my mouth. I said, oh, God, you and this man, they together. Why are you asking me questions I have no answers to? If you want answers, go and ask him. He said, you know why I am, why I came to ask you. I know that man. I know that man more than all of you. There's no truth in his mouth. If I go to ask him now, I'm not going to say any truth. You know what I said? I told him, I said, my brother, I will not sit down with you, you. and allow you insult a man I once called father. Hey! I stood up and walked out of that meeting. That was the end of me and him meeting till today. My wife is, in, is a witness. I got home, I told mom, I said, see what the man asked me, see what I do. Because, <laughs> people do certain things and in five years time, ten years time, twenty years time, they start suffering certain things. Because they would have forgotten, but God will never forget. So please, plant water. Can I hear you say amen? Number seven. What I just generalized as the church works. What do I mean by the church works? Many other things we do in church that are many times presented on the platforms of departments. Those are working for God too. You are in the prayer warrior, you are working for God. You are in the choir, you are working for God. Can I hear you say amen? You are in the media department, you are working for God. You are on camera, you are working for God. You are in cleaning and polishing department, you're working for God. You are in children's church, teaching the children, you're working for God. Name all the things we do. Ushering, security. But understand something. For that work to be the work of God, 
your reason for being there must be one thing to give God service. Because I was telling somebody some time ago, I said, it's like there are some people we have to trim out of some departments. I told him, I said, because it's like there are people like you who join things like security department in order not to pray in church. You want the liberty to stand outside and gist when message is going on. So you choose security department. So I told him, I said, the implication of that is you're not working for, you're, you're standing there. You may be directing motor, you're not working for God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Or maybe somebody say, ah, <laughs> is this that comes to and say, <laughs> this one where choir people just they marry. I better make her go join choir so that I go get husband. Then when they are singing on Sunday morning, you sing better than all of us. Even the song that does not need to smile. <laughs> you say, as I smile, they see my face. You are not working for God. You went there to show yourself. To advertise yourself. And I realize it's not only security department people that they can, people used to hide. Some people join media. So that while service is on, they are inside the TV room. Gisting. Eating food. Doing makeup. Looking at people's face in the script they use there. And they laugh. Hey, see laughing so. I bet open your door so that the people inside go to hear. When you do that, you are not working for God. As a matter of fact, you are you are hiding under the guise of working to stay away from God. Walking, W A L K. I-N-G. With God is more important to God than working for God. God is first and foremost more interested in your relationship with him before what you want to do for him. That is why when he created you and I, he created human beings. Being, a state of being, not human doings. What you are is more important than what you are doing. Follow me and I will make you. I want to make you first before you can fish for men. And I, I just give God glory that God is helping us to bring out this thing. This is one of the things that make you see some people walk in church for ages and their life never gets better. It looks as if God is not a rewarder because God knows they are not working for him. They are there for something. We have seen people who come into our media department. Their aim is to use our equipment to learn those equipment and then go and start a business. Not to serve God. So they come, use our equipment, learn, damage it in the process of learning. Next Sunday you don't see them in church. Where are you? I have a job somewhere. And never forget... One of the golden rules of this kingdom is he that forfeits gets. He that wants to take loses. 
Praise God. May you receive grace to really work for God. Let's read a scripture on this matter so we can move to another thing. Every walk in church. If you're doing it with the aim of working for God. In fact, I've seen times people join a department in church. A, a boy, a young boy will join a department because he's targeting one girl in that department. It's satanic. And vice versa too. I, uh, mommy told me vice versa. So ladies do that too. I thought it's only boys. Say the only way I can get close to that girl is to join choir. As the girl, they choir. I go join choir, I go to see him every day. You see some people in church, they come and tell you, ah, sister, why don't you join our department? I lie you. Then they find girlfriend. Our department needs people like you. You know you are very smart. Come and join us up there. God is a God of wisdom by whom actions are weighed. Every time you are doing anything with God or for God, he's looking into your heart and he's taking what you're doing and putting it on a scale of sincerity to see why you do what you do. God is more interested in the motive for your doing what you're doing than what you're doing itself. You see some other people join, like I, I think I mentioned this some days ago. Some people will join evangelism department, join prayer warrior department, not because they want to help build this church, but because they want to show that they have a gift. They want to show that they have a grace. They want to, quote and unquote, develop their ministry. So when you are there saying what the church wants to do, they are busy pushing their own agenda. That's not working for God. That's actually working against God. So now, why are you in the department you're in? Food for thought. Don't answer me now. Answer it when you get home. When you get home, enter your room alone. Lock the door alone. Face the mirror and answer that question. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. From verse 15. 1 Corinthians 16. From verse 15. Do you know why some people have no strength to endure the pressure of being a pastor. Because why they want to be pastors is different from why Jesus called men to ministry. <laughs> I always say this to young people who want to come into ministry. I said, if your eyes are on the glory, go and find the pain that led to the glory. Some young ladies want to marry pastors because they want to be mama. That's, that's the only reason. They say, you know, see, as pastor wife, they shine. When I deck up like that, shine. Come, I go, they come, people go carry my Bible. Oh, girl, go find the pain way they behind. <laughs> mama. It's not a title. 
is a responsibility and is one of the heaviest responsibility on earth. God bless you. Mama man, no be law, law. Mother in Israel. No be law, law. No be her excellency. First lady of the republic. I always tell intercessors, please pray for pastor's wives. I always tell young single pastors, if you marry a baby, you will nurse your wife and nurse the church. Double nursing twins. <laughs> and it, it now depends on how babyish your wife is. Because listen, it's not every woman that can take what it takes to be a mother in Israel and does not scatter the church. There are people who come to see your husband and they feel you don't fit him. not qualified and yet you have to join your husband to pray for them that's the only office where you have to pray for those who wish you evil <laughs> hello Yeah, Pastor, Pastor Bula said when no, it's a fact because sometimes she called us from Ghana. She said, Daddy, is this what you people have been going through? <laughs> is this what mommy is that what you went through to keep the church intact and keep moving on? For this number of years, we say yes, and a little more. <laughs> hmm. Hello. So motive is important. First Corinthians 16, 15. I beseech you, brethren, ye know the house of Stephanas, that it is the first fruit of Achaia, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. Go, verse 16. That ye submit yourselves unto such and to everyone that helpeth with us and labor it. That's where I'm going to. Verse 17. I am glad of the coming of Stephanas and Fortunatus and Achaicus for that which was lacking on your part, they have supplied. They came to me and what you were supposed to do for me that you couldn't do, they did it. Verse 19, the Bible is deep. May God teach us the Bible. For they have refreshed my spirit and yours. Therefore acknowledge ye them that are such. Verse 19, the churches of Asia salute you. Aquila and Priscilla salute you much in the Lord with the church that is in their house. Praise God. Okay, number 8. Work of God interceding for the church and the members of the church. You don't only have to join prayer warrior to intercede for the church and the members of the church. It can become something you choose 
that on a daily basis in my prayer, I'm going to remember the church in prayer and I'm going to pray for members of the church. That is a work of God. Colossians chapter 4 verse 12. Colossians 4 verse 12. Colossians 4 verse 12. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ saluted you. Always laboring fervently for you in prayers. That ye may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Let me prophesy on that one. May God help you to stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. But Paul said there's a certain brother that has taken that to be his labor. And he's laboring fervently in it. For you church members. And the Bible recognizes it as labor. Ask your neighbor, when last did you pray for our church? Turn to another and say, when last did you pray for our members? Number nine. Which is the last thing I want to recognize as working for God. Helping your man of God in any way you can. Helping your man of God in any way you can. Look at anyone and say, helping your man of God. In any way you can. Any way you can. Any way you can. The work of God is about all hands on deck. Everybody doesn't have equal grace, but nobody is meant to stand aloof and idle. Let us read a few scriptures. First, Chron First Chronicles. 12 1 1st Chronicles chapter 12 we'll read verse 1 and then we we'll also read verse 18 now these are they that came to David to Ziklag while he yet kept himself close because of Saul the son of Kish and they were among the mighty men helpers of the war every time God chooses a man for a mission God wants people that can help that man and you know why these people became mighty men? Because these were the people who came to help David when the going was rough. Because lots of human beings like to join when it is smooth. And when it gets tough, they fly. Verse 18. Then the spirit came upon Amasiah. Who was chief of the captains. And he said. Thine are we David. And on thy side. If you are going to help a man. You must be on his side. Some of these things Christians do. When the man of God is in battle. Some people are playing neutral. No. No. Take a decision. Take a stand. Take a stand. Neutrality has no place in the kingdom. Take a stand. You either for me or against me, Jesus said. So this man said, we are on your side. Because David asked them a question. Why are you come to me? If you have come to help me, the Lord will reward you. But if you have come to betray me, the Lord look upon it and rebuke you. Then a Messiah, the Holy Ghost fell on him. And he began to prophesy. He said, Thine are we, David, and on thy side, thou son of Jesse. Peace 
Somebody receive that peace. Peace be unto thee. Somebody receive that peace. And peace be unto thy helpers. For thy God helpeth thee. Then David received them and made them captain of the bands. There is a depth of loyalty it takes to be a leader. He said, we are yours. We are on your side. And anybody that helps you, peace be to that person. Because God is helping you. When God sends a man, you can be sure God is helping that man. When you help a man God is helping, God recognizes and blesses you with peace. So, when you help your man of God, you're doing the work of God also. Praise God. Romans 16, verses 3 and 4. Romans 16, verses 3 and 4. I, is that Romans 16, verse 3? Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus. Verse 4. Who have for my life laid down their own necks <laughs> unto whom not only I give thanks but all the churches of the Gentiles the entire churches everywhere that I preside over they thank God for Priscilla and Aquila because they got to they are my helpers in Christ but they got to a certain depth that for my sake for my life they are ready to lay down their neck and the scriptures noted these things. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I don't want to say anything about this. Let the Holy Spirit interpret it to everybody. Amen. Philippians chapter 2 verse 25. Philippians chapter 2 verse 25 Yet I suppose it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier but your messenger also and he that ministered to my wants 26 for he longed after you and was full of heaviness because that ye had heard that he, was, he had been sick. 27. For indeed he was sick nigh unto death. But God had mercy on him. Not on him only, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. God decided that Epaphroditus will not die when he was sick unto death because of me, Paul. God knows that if he dies because of the help he gives me, I'm going to have plenty of sorrow. So God had mercy on him, but that mercy was not only because of him, it was also because of me. When you help your man of God, you're saving your life. Twenty-eight. 
I sent him therefore the more carefully that when ye see him again, ye may rejoice and that I may be less sorrowful. Verse 29. Receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness and hold such in high reputation. People that deserve to be held in high reputation in church should be measured in the, in the yardstick of what, how are they helping the man of God? What impact is he making in the church? I will not say much too. I leave the Holy Ghost to interpret further. But I guess we are together tonight. Philippians chapter 4 verse 3. Philippians chapter 4. Verse 3. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labor with me in the gospel. Paul said they labor with you? With Paul in the gospel. With Clement also. And with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Helping your man of God. Let me conclude. I want to show you some important reasons why you must work for God. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Second Corinthians chapter 5. The, the importance of this work and labor for God cannot be overemphasized. Second Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to read from verse 6 to verse 11. Therefore, we are always confident knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Do you know what Paul is talking about here? We are willing to leave this earth and go to heaven. Wherefore, we labor. We labor. That whether we, whether present or absent, we may be acceptable of him. Your labor can help further your acceptance to Christ. Christ accepts you the way you are. But there's another degree of acceptance that your working for him ends you. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That everyone may receive the things done in his body. According to that he had done. Whether it be good or bad. Verse 11. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord. We persuade men. But we are made manifest unto you. And I trust also are made manifest to your consciences. What is Paul talking about? Number one. Working for God is the reason I am still on earth. Who understands what that means? It means that the work you do for God can determine your lifespan. It means that working for God can be the major reason God is defending you and keeping you alive. Can I hear somebody say louder amen? You remember the story of Epaphroditus that we just read? Who God spared his life even if he was sick nigh unto death. 
but God spared his life for the sake of Paul. Hello? Philippians chapter 1. Let's, let's confirm this with further clarity. There is something about working for God that protects your life on earth. Philippians chapter 1. Are we there? Let's read from verse 21. Philippians 1, 21 to 25. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet, what I, what, what I shall choose, I want not. Paul said, I'm in between. I don't know whether to die or to live. If I live, it's to gain. If I, if I live, it's for Christ. If I die, it's my gain. Now, that's the sweetest aspect of Christian life. A true Christian is the only human being that should not be afraid of death. Verse. Suppose I don't know what to choose, whether I should live or I should go to heaven. Verse 23. For I am in a strait. I'm confused though. Uh, uh, between two opinions, should I die? Should I live? <laughs> what does this man know? Having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. To stay alive is more profitable to you. Wow. What a perspective. Do you think that Satan can ever use death to threaten this man? In fact, Satan will hide death very far from him. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for the fortress and joy of your faith. He said, the confidence I have that even this my desire to die, God will not grant it. It's because of the work I'm doing. Amen. Amen. I receive that. So ask your neighbor, what reason will God have to say, I won't let you die? Food for thought. The first important reason or benefit for working for God is it guarantees a long lifespan. Once it's within the will of God. Number two, because we will be judged for the work we have done or failed to do. That Second Corinthians 5, where we read from 6 to 11, verse 10 says something. Put up Second Corinthians 5, 10 again. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the thing done in his body according to that which he had done whether it be good or bad this is not the white throne judgment please understand there are two judgments the white throne judgment where the dead both the both the great and the small will stand before god and everyone will be judged according to their work that is the judgment for faith 
That's the judgment for why were you not a Christian? Why were you not a child of God? So as many as are not found in Christ, living in Christ, living according to the word of Christ, will go to hell. And as many as were found in Christ, living in Christ, living according to the word of Christ, able to repent of their sins, will go to heaven. Now, when we are now qualified for heaven, all believers will now appear at the judgment seat of Christ. At that judgment seat, the judgment there is not whether you're going to heaven or hell. The judgment there is about what did you do for me? What did you have ability to do that you refused to do? What could you have done for me that you didn't do for me? What were you assigned to do for me that you didn't do for me? And that is where also Christians who have been, who have done bad to the work of God will be remembered again. <laughs> Whoa. I pray for you and for myself that on that day you and I will not be ashamed. <laughs> Let me pray it again. If you understand it, your amen will be a lot better. I pray that on that day when we appear at the judgment seat of Christ, you and I will not have any reason to be ashamed. In the mighty name of Jesus. Revelation 14 verse 13 strengthens this thought. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. The only thing that follows a man out of this earth into eternity is not what you have. It's what you did for God. Ah, I can't forget one of our brothers that used to sing one song I used to like. Youth arise and do your best for God. Oh, youth arise. Oh, youth arise. Youth arise and do your best for God. But I don't know whether he's doing his best anymore. There is a day all of these things, books will be opened. The lukewarm Christian who does nothing for God, nothing for the church, just sit down, wait and receive. Everything will be called into remembrance. That those that are supervising, those that are criticizing, I pray that on that day, you and I will not have any reason to be ashamed. May we have done enough for our God that on that day we will not have any reason to be ashamed. Second to the last thing I want to say, this is the key to his presence working for god not the key one key to carry in the presence of god because tomorrow we're going to talk about cutting divine presence we're going to talk about it in the morning and we're going to talk about it in the evening since tomorrow is saturday cutting divine presence but working for god is one serious key for carrying the presence of God. If you get home, you can read Matthew 28 from 18 to 20. Jesus gave them assignment. All powers in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. If any man believe and is, is, is if any man believe, let them be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world then you can read again mark chapter 16 from verse 15 down 
the bible says in that place that jesus gave them power hello go and preach the gospel again when you go and preach the gospel you shall drink deadly things it shall not hurt you you shall pick up serpents it shall not hurt you and they went everywhere preaching and the lord was with them confirming their word with signs and wonders following when you take responsibility for god god's presence goes with you somebody say thank you jesus how many of us want to enjoy divine presence then take your responsibility tell your neighbor take your responsibility and the last but not the least philippians 4 3 there's a way it helps your name stay in the book of life philippians 4 3 there's a way we've read it before we've read it before but okay let's read it again and i entreat thee also through yoke fellows help those women which labor with me in the gospel with clement also and with other my fellow laborers 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 those laboring in the gospel whose names are in the book of life there is something about working for god that helps your name to stay in the book of life i have many examples i could have given but there's no time I know sometimes I swallow things I shouldn't have swallowed just because I'm a pastor. If I was not a pastor, I am no go. We fight. Fight to finish. <laughs> when I was an unbeliever, I wasn't this nice. When I was not a pastor, I wasn't this nice. I was tough and strong. You want fight? I'll give it to you. That is the type of fight I used to fight you know they finish any day we see we continue this man you're seeing I have stirred riot when I was in secondary school mobilized riot in my town we burnt down the town post office I don't take nonsense I fight and I don't have shame no that's another problem I don't have shame Ask my wife, even that aspect of no have shame is still there. What I want to do, I want to do. And I don't care what anybody thinks. But these days now, for a man of God must not strive. You understand? And I have to obey. <laughs> Stand on your feet. <laughs> huh? For a man of God must not strive. No contention, no striving. In fact, you are not even permitted to be angry and bitter with those who wrong you. No such luxury. You are always forgiven. I wasn't like that before I became a man of God. I must confess to you. Before I became a man of God, I was do me, I do you. God know the verse. <laughs> so I know that I have benefited in serving God. I am one of those I am grateful to be a pastor. It doesn't matter anything. I'm grateful. I'm very grateful. I will, if there was another world, I'll be a pastor again. Because that helps me to walk in the path that keeps my name in the book of life. Lift your hands. I just want to pray one simple prayer. Are you ready? 
I pray tonight that God will give you inspiration. Amen. That God will give you grace. Yes. That God will give you strength. Yes. That God will give you understanding Amen. of the work he wants you to do for him. And you will have enough grace and strength to do that work. Amen. Whatever you need to work for God, may that never be lacking in your life. Amen. Oh God of heaven and earth, we beg you. Let there be a mighty supply of your spirit and your grace. Amen. Into the lives of everyone in this sanctuary tonight. That we may serve you acceptably. With reverence and godly fear. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. I want to pray one small prayer again for you. That your work for God may become your reason to stay in the book of life. One of the testimonies I have is that there was a time in my Christian faith I really... I don't know whether no no that I, I shouldn't use that word it won't be correct. I wonder if I really needed to backslide. <laughs> needed. Yeah. I was pressured to the point where there are certain things I needed to respond to. And I thought I couldn't do these things being a Christian. They would say, see what somebody that called himself a, a man, a child of God is doing. So I felt the best thing to do was to backslide. One of the things was, I was that son that, that gave, that was a thorn in my father's flesh. And I was hoping that since I got born again, he should be the first to give testimony. But amazingly, he didn't enjoy it because I wasn't in his church. So I wanted to also go back and, you know, teach him something again. I wanted to go back and let him beg me to go back to church. But one thing kept occurring to my mind. What about the people you have preached to? I remember when I gave my life to Christ, one of my senior brothers that is late now, he said, you, born again. <laughs> we are watching. This whole thing go clear within two or three weeks. So I felt I needed to prove him wrong. That was one of the reasons I stood. Man, I wasn't that good before. I told you about staring riot in secondary school. I have also stared riot in the university. We went in, I mobilized students. We went in, what was my anger? Asu strike. We went into town. No, not Asu strike. Asu strike was another riot. This one was, we were angry with Okada people who operate in our school. In Nam de Azikiwe University. And I decided that we should go and seize all the Okadas and bring them to our school. And we did. We did. Policemen came. Me and my guys. We said, what do you not define? Policemen ran. Hmm. Jesus is fantastic. The type of people he used to change. I've never, I've never seen any man like Jesus. I'm telling you. You just change your mind. And you start thinking differently. Lift your hands. I pray. That he will give you that grace. To do those things for him. That will become pillars of preservation of your own faith. In the mighty name of Jesus. 
thank you father in Jesus name we pray if you have received give God a good clap of praise in every day with Jesus Christ at Lord of Hosts lives are transformed in every way sorrow is turned into laughter the saints are renewed every day the sick are healed the captives are set free the troubled and the afflicted become triumphant and testifies at Lord of Hosts International Churches, Eliopramwa Road, off Wimpy Junction, by 4, Rumepri, Comport, Harcourt, we preach holiness without compromise. Through the inspiring, prophetic, and expository teachings of Pastor Henry, bringing you in close understanding to appreciate life in Christ Jesus.